Good morning. Welcome to UVU Today, a morning news podcast by students for students. We are committed to keeping you up to date on what you need to know about Utah Valley University. Today in the show, we're going to be talking to Ian Scott and his experiences at the Sundance Film Festivals. I'm Will Howard. I'm Aubrey Turner. Today is Friday, February 26th, and it's such a great day to be a Wolverine. Yes, it is. Okay, so... In this podcast, we talked to Ian Scott, and he has experienced a lot about the film festivals and movies, and specifically Mass. There's Together Together, and there is, I believe it's Homeroom. And when I was reading about Mass, because I I wasn't fortunate enough to see these movies, Mass was about uh, a shooting, or uh, a shooting that actually never really fired a shot. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But when I was reading, it was one of the most intense, emotional, thriving movies that these people experienced. And that was, that's pretty intense to yeah. be involved in something like that. But we get into Together Together. And this is where it's like a, a serious comedy. And this is with Ed Helms. A serious comedy? How can a comedy somehow be serious? Well, that's what it said online. So that's what I'm going off. <laughs> IMBD, get your stuff straight. But, uh, Anyways, we go ahead and look into the characters of that movie. And this is why I say this. It said that it was interesting to see that Ed Helms, as we know most of him, Andy from The Office, he has a serious role in that. And so this is about a middle-aged man getting a surrogate donor from somebody way younger younger than him. And it follows the relationship through the time that the baby's born, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. But from what I heard, it's it's pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Like, just the storyline seems interesting as well. But just the fact that Andy from The Office, Ed Helms, is going to have a serious role. Because he's never had, like, a serious role ever. Like, The Hangover, he, like, obviously not serious. Like, The Office, like, I think in The Office's character in The Office was, like, a joke. You know, and so it's just funny just to see him like actually be serious, you know, you know, I I like Ed Helms and whenever I see him on a cover of a movie, it's something I have to entertain and watch. So I I did like The Office. Um, I've seen it a hundred times. I'm sure everybody has. And I think his role and I talked to Ian Scott about this earlier, but I think it's actually kind of hard for him to or hard for anybody to actually act that goofy and be in that type of a role and then uh, be successful at the same time. So that's kind of what my mindset is with him. And so, um, yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. Yeah, that, that's for sure. That is definitely for sure. Okay, so on today's show, we have Ian Scott, and he's going to talk to us more about the Sundance Film Festival. Well, thank you, Ian Scott, for coming on to the UVU Today Show. One, yeah, of course. A little introduction. Okay, well, yeah, my name is Ian Scott. I am a student at UVU. I'm studying communications with an emphasis in public relations, and I graduate this spring. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> so how long um, have you been at UVU for? Uh, about five years. Yeah, it, it took me a little bit longer. I, I wasn't the... Didn't get the four-year degree. I got the five-year degree. Hey, that's my track. That's my track record too. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm from Spanish Fork. Um, I've been married for 
about two years and my wife and I are expecting our first pretty soon. And yeah, just, uh, enjoying life. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. We were just talking about that earlier. You and I are pretty close to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. knowing that we're only like maybe 10 minutes apart, enjoying the Spanish Fork Springville area, which is really fun. So tell me how the whole Sundance interest got started with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've always loved movies, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've always been so passionate about, even since I was a little kid, I remember watching VHS tapes, just like on repeat as a kid, you know? And so, and it wasn't until I was, I was a teenager that I really got interested in filmmaking. You know, I got interested in the craft of making movies and um, kind of the art behind making movies. And then it was also around that time that I learned more about Sundance and like one of the biggest film festivals in the world is just like an hour away to the East, you know, and behind the mountains in park city. So that was a really cool thing to, to learn at a young age that like the film, such a huge prominent part of the film industry is right here in our backyard, you know? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not currently from Utah. So when I moved up here and I kind of learned about like, hey, there's this big attraction of yeah, you know, cinematographers coming out here and you know showcasing their movies. I thought that was incredible, and especially the amount of like celebrity traffic it brings out here too. Oh yeah, that yeah. specific spot that that's incredible. But go on, I interrupted you. What did you say? Oh no, no, yeah, so. I was, I was going to mention that as well. It's so cool to see like all these different celebrities who come all from all over the world to Utah every January, you know, of, of all months too, you know, terrible weather, but they come to Utah in January for this film festival. And like these movies that are premiered, they, they are iconic films, you know, movies that we, we still watch today. Some of our, our favorite movies started in Sunday and some of our favorite directors and actors started at the Sundance Film Festival. Like Quentin Tarantino, his his first movie, Reservoir Dogs, it premiered at, at Sundance Film Festival. Uh, Jared Hess uh, directed Napoleon Dynamite. That started at Sundance. You know, so it's really, it's a career starter film festival that makes front page news every year. Yeah, and front page news across the nation. So that's something to note. So you saw three films this year. So tell us what those three films are. And then tell us a little bit about it. So the three movies that I saw, the first one was called Mass. And that was a movie about two couples, two married couples who reconvene years after uh, the mass, a mass shooting uh, that happened at a high school. And you, we find out as the movie unfolds that early on in the movie that these two couples were impacted very differently by this school shooting. One set of parents, their son was the perpetrator. and the other parents, their son was a victim. And the whole movie is all dialogue. And we just see these two couples um, discuss their experiences. And it's it's really amazing. Second one um, is called Together Together. It's a, a comedy drama or dramedy um, about a man who hires a surrogate um, to have his baby. And I, I think we'll probably get more into kind of the review of these, of these movies later, but I'll just kind of go over them first. Um, and then the third movie I saw was Homeroom, it's a documentary covering the lives of several senior high school students in Oakland, California during their 2019, 2020 year of school. Yeah. And I was doing some research on all of those, but that last one seems like it hit a pretty touchy subject, but we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. into that in a sec. 
Okay, so let's go back to mass. So I was doing some yeah. research online. The uh, playlist.net uh, says that it's likely one of the most emotional polarizing films ever made about America's gun violence epidemic. But across it, 110 minutes uh, runtime, not a single shot is fired. And I, so I've, not, I've never seen these movies before. Yeah. And when I read that, that's pretty intense. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you talk about your, uh, I guess, experience, how you were feeling when you were watching that movie as this oh, was. Yeah. It was so, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's an entire movie of just pure dialogue. You know, most of the movie takes place in one, one room. And, man, I was, I was on the edge of my seat, like the entire movie, you know, and that's how, you know, a movie is well-written if it can do that, you know, if you can, if it can keep you engaged just by people talking, you know, you know, you've got a good writer behind that movie. And yeah, it was, it was so, so powerful because it gives you the perspective of, from both sides, you know, and it doesn't get too political, which I liked because sometimes films I feel like when they get too political, you can sense that there's an agenda behind the art. And I feel like that kind of compromises on the art of the film. But I feel like if you focus in on the stories and on the characters, you can still tell a compelling story that's just as moving if a movie had a political agenda behind it. So I feel like it communicated those things so well about the effects of gun violence and not just the, the perpetrators or the victims, but in the families and the friends um, I think it it was so powerful in the way that that it did that. And like you said, what, or the quote that you read, not a single shot was fired in the movie, you know. And so just by people telling the stories, their experiences, we were able to experience that kind of kind of that secondhand experience. And it was man, it was so, so powerful. That's kind of uh, interesting, especially since you hit on the um, the topic of being political and mm-hmm. how they left that portion out of it, or they at least tried to, for the most part, I've like said, never seen the movie, but from what I'm getting, that's what it seems like. What I, what I appreciate about that is it really puts the emphasis more on the emotions of like you were saying, how these people, these real people were feeling. And so that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and what I, I was also reading about the film as well. And it also kind of talks about how they're seeking healing and forgiveness did you kind of get that same feeling? As when- yeah. So that, that forgiveness is kind of the reoccurring theme of the film. And I, I certainly don't want to spoil the ending because it, it's definitely the most powerful moment of the film is the very, very end, like the last two minutes. I, I can't wait for this movie to come back into theaters so I can see it again because, or go to streaming because it, it is just, it's so powerful. But yeah, that's kind of a, a reoccurring theme of, of forgiveness, not just from the, the victim's parents, but also forgiveness from the perpetrator's parents, which is a really, really interesting concept um, that they too needed to forgive themselves um, and they need to forgive others for the, um, for the trauma that they received. And so that it's just a very interesting concept that forgiveness sometimes goes both ways. Well, yeah, I can understand that a hundred percent. Tell me, how did you feel that friend Kranz did as he directed from start to finish? How did you feel like he portrayed this movie for the viewers, especially yourself? Uh, Frank Kranz, the, the writer director, this was his debut. Uh, first time he's ever 
uh, directed uh, feature length film. And he, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what else he's, he's, uh, he's first a and foremost an actor. Um, yeah. so he, he's done a fair bit of, of acting. And so you, you never know really how, how successful these actor turned directors are going to do, but he did an excellent job. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know that a writer has a, a real sense of the craft. If you can write an entire story with pure dialogue and be engaged the entire time. And he did that wonderfully. He, and the, another thing I want to touch on with this movie, probably the best thing about this movie are the acting performances. So Jason Isaacs, he, he's one of the actors and um, he's most notably recognized for playing Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter, which is very different, different movie than, um, than what he's portrayed in, in this film. Very indie movie, not very well known. He has an American accent, which is weird. <laughs> um, but oh my gosh, he is just incredible. All four, all four of the, um, the leads in this film just elevate the entire experience. They're very natural on screen. You don't feel like you're watching actors. You feel like you're actually watching these people experiencing something, something real. All and their emotions are very, mm-hmm. Yeah. And awesome. it almost, it almost feels like a play um, with it just being on one kind of one stage, one scene kind of forgot where I was going with that, but no worries. Yeah. A- acting is just absolutely incredible across the board. All, all four of them were amazing. Um, so, oh yeah, I was talking about the director. That's really the, the main job of a director is to um, get the right performance out of the actors. It's the director's job to make sure that they are emoting well and they're, they're communicating the story well. And he did an amazing job with that as well. He, um, I don't want to give all the credit to to the director Frank Krantz, but you can tell that he he helped these actors to um, to give the right performances at the right times, and I'm excited to see where the rest of his career goes. Yeah, that's exciting, um, especially since that's like his debut thing. That's that's sure. cool. And this whole conversation right now with how we perceive what the director wants us to see, um, or at least what they try to get us to see. It kind of reminds me of a movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of, uh, it's on Hulu right now. The assistant, my wife and I just watched it. So mm. my first impression was I didn't like it because mm. the movie kind of just, it builds and builds and builds. And then you think something's mm-hmm. going to happen and then it just drops. And I was going yeah. on Reddit. I was going on all these things. Like, <laughs> like what yeah. are people are saying about it? And it's like, right. oh my gosh, like, this is so bad. And that was kind of my first impression. Yeah. And me and my wife were saying that. And then now thinking about it, it's like, maybe that was the whole point. And right. so that's, right. you know, it's a whole new perspective of, of thinking about movies now. So I, I really think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's move on. Um, so yeah. you, you saw together together. And so this was a completely different movie. So you saw For something sure. super emotional, super intense and then this is kind Mm -hmm. of the flip side and my biggest thing when i first looked it up and i was trying to read about it there's ed helms in there and so like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah he's iconic right he's in like i'm sure sure half of us love the all of us love the office he's the nerd dog yeah yeah. (laughs) so (laughs) tell me how did his do you think his role fit the character that he played oh for sure he 
He's, I think he's an, a wonderful actor. I've seen him in a few other movies and he's just, he is so talented. And like, even on the office when he's playing the banjo or singing, like you're like, Oh wow. He's actually like kind of good, you know, like not in a funny way, but he's actually really talented. And yeah, he, he doesn't sing at all in this movie and together together, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he, he shows his chops. Um, and I, I love seeing a comedic actor kind of delve more into drama because I feel like there are so many amazing comedic actors who can do that. And it's just, it's such a delight to see comedic actors do drama. And yeah, he, he was amazing. Him and the female lead, I'm spacing her name. They were a great pair. They had like such great chemistry and I loved um, kind of their their playful banter. Something that the director said about this, about her movie, Nicole Beckwith, who, yeah, she wrote and directed this movie. She wanted to explore kind of the, the concept of two strangers being forced into uh, a close relationship. It's and, like almost taboo, huh? Right, right. And like something that many of us would feel really uncomfortable doing, you know, just being thrown into this very intimate and personal situation. But that's what these two characters had to do. And, you know, this, this girl who is carrying this guy's baby is pretty reluctant to get close to this guy. Cause you know, she just kind of wants to do her job and then be done and get paid, you know, but at Helm's character, he kind of wants to um, enjoy the process and get to know her and kind of go through this experience together. And you kind of see both of them change throughout the movie. You see her kind of loosening up and then you see him kind of, um, kind of loosening up as well. And so it's a really kind of a character piece, kind of very character driven movie, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. I, it was, um, it was funny, made me laugh. And there was also very, um, it was like a secret. So what I read about yeah. Ed Helms is they were surprised that he took on it is it is a comedy, but it was also mm-hmm. like a more serious role for him. And so sure. what everybody was saying about him specifically is how well he adapted to that serious role because they're not used to seeing him in that type of light. And we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. that he's so talented in the way that he's like goofy and all that. And Right. I think that's kind of hard to act that way, especially oh, yeah. that might be yeah. his personality. Like we don't know, but you know, he's acting this way. And then he's also taking like a, like a serious role and then he can intertwine those two together. And that, you know, right. that's, that's a hard thing to do, especially in a movie. Sure. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's, that's something I, uh, I thought that was interesting to read. So let's go on to the next movie. So you, yeah. you saw, uh, homeroom now mm-hmm. you were saying that this kind of follows a, like a senior class in high school where was it it was uh in oakland california okay so tell me yeah. about that yeah so this this director peter nick he this is his third documentary and this is part three in this series and i actually hadn't seen the the first two i didn't even know that it was part of a series they're kind of all self-contained stories so it wasn't like I was lost or anything. Yeah. So it covers the lives from the beginning of this fall semester to the end of the spring semester um, of, uh, of a senior class in, in high school and in 2019 to 2020. And so we all know how 
the school year ended in 2020 and how it dramatically affected the education system and affected the students throughout the world, you know? And so that was an interesting thing to, to see in a documentary style, because, you know, it's only like the, the last third of the movie or even the last quarter of the movie when everything with, with COVID starts to come up. Um, and so like the first three quarters of the movie, you're thinking like, oh man, when is this going to, like, this is going to start soon. Like they're getting all ready for prom and they're getting, they're rehearsing for their, their school play. And you know that it's never going to happen, which is pretty sad. Um, but it, it adds a really kind of a, a, a level of intensity. Oh yeah. Almost intensity or like or of suspense. Like, oh man, like it's so sad that these students are, are getting involved in all these things, but they have no idea what what's coming. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this, this film as well. It is very political. Um, it's about these, these students in particular who are involved with a student group who associate with the city council of Oakland, which is really cool to see. Um, it's cool to see them and so involved in their community and um, do things for the better. These kids that it does cover their, the subjects, they are very, um, they're more left leaning in their political ideals. And so if you're looking for a movie that like will give both sides to the issue, you know, this movie's definitely not one of them, you know, it, it was very, cause it, this film, it, um, it takes a very fly in the wall approach to documentary fin- filmmaking, um, in the sense that they don't interfere at all. They kind of, it takes a very objective look. And so in that regard, right. Yeah. So in that regard, they, they do a very good job at um, just giving it to us straight without any bias. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But the the kids themselves, they have very, um, they're very politically active and they have very left-leaning ideas. And so if if you do, it doesn't really give much time for the other side of the issue. But it, in with that being said, it was still incredibly interesting and very, very inspiring. Um, it, was, it was nice. I felt like, I finally left the Utah bubble, you know, you know, like, cause when we're here in Utah has a very specific, uh, very specific culture and a very mainstream political ideal, you know? And so it was nice to watch this movie and to realize like, Oh yeah, like other people have different ideas too. Like, this is great. You know? Right. So that, that was really, that was really awesome to see it to, And it also kind of gives you perspective on, on like, on the coronavirus and um, Black Lives Matter protests, you know, like things are happening everywhere throughout the world and throughout the U.S. and like people are doing things about it every single day throughout the world. So it was really inspiring in that in that regard. Yeah, you know, that's kind of funny that you bring that up when you were talking about the uh, political thing. One thing that kind of hit me too is we talked about this in past episodes. Is that um, since we are in the Utah state and mm-hmm. it's culturally driven one way, um, yep. we kind of forget sometimes that there are other aspects of beliefs and this, and that right. because, you know, the culture is so dominant here. And mm-hmm. so that's cool that we get to, you know, see other people expressing how they believe what they believe whether it's within expressing awareness 
and uh, and all that. So that's something to note there. And I think even though that it might be, let's say, one sided in political views, um, it's definitely good a good thing to uh, research those type of things and understand what the other side is saying, especially within these type of documentaries. But what's right. what's cool about this in um, I was just reading in uh, Open Hood, and they just said that it's the Emmy award-winning documentary for the 2017 year. So that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So this took place, what, a month ago or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so the Sundance Film Festival started on the 28th of January and went to February 3rd. Right, right, right. So because we're living in a COVID state where COVID's so rapid and we're trying mm-hmm. to be socially distant and safe, how did you view that? How did you watch these films? So this is my my fourth time attending the the Sundance Film Festival. And every other time has been in person. I've gone to a screening uh, either in Salt Lake or in Park City um, at a theater. And except this time, I, it was all online. It was all through streaming that that happened. And so I, I'll kind of go through the process if if that's all right of like how I kind of um, how I found these films and like what ones I wanted to do, how I kind of access that because it's it's kind of complicated. Like for some reason, Sundance they they never make it easy for people to to access the films or to probably like, super high profile people too. So they oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like difficult. Right. Like all these celebrities just have their assistants do it for them anyway. And it's like, what am I supposed to do on my own? You know, but actually this year they did do better. So I'll give them credit. Um, but years past either you buy a pass, which will include like 10 movies or 20 movies, um, which are pretty expensive, or you can buy individual movie screenings and those run usually uh $20 a person. What I've done though is they also offer a wait list. And so for last minute screenings, if there are any open seats in the theater, then they'll start letting wait list people go in. And that's pretty complex too. Like the whole system, you have to get on an e-wait list and it assigns you a number to wait in line. I've tried to get it down to a science, but it's pretty complicated and it's total hit or miss. Like I've, um, I've failed to get in movie screening sometimes, sometimes I've gotten in. That's kind of the, that's been part of the fun of Sundance though. Kind of that, that the game, it kind of turns into a game of trying to get into as many screenings as you can. But this year was a lot more simple. All you had to do was create a Sundance account and then you would book a screening. You'd find a movie that you wanted, and then you would book it through the through the website. And then it would give you so with they had premiere screenings and then they had second screenings. If it was a premiere screening, it gives you a three-hour window to watch that movie on their site. And then if it's a second screening, then it gives you a 24-hour window to watch that movie on their website. So that was nice too, because it gave you a little more flexibility. Um, you know, like if you were able to purchase a screening, then, you know, you'd have 24 hours to watch the movie, which was really nice. And another really nice thing was it was only $15 for the screening for like the entire access. So what my wife did, my wife and I did, we got our whole family together, you know, and we watched this, we watched these movies 
And so it made it a lot more affordable because like a whole group got to see a movie for, for $15, you know, as opposed to $20 a person. And so, yeah, that's, that's really how, how it works. That's interesting. So tell me about your experience sitting both going to the actual scene and going to Park City, Salt Lake, and then just being Mm -hmm. in your home with your family. Tell me the pros and cons and what you did like and what you didn't like. So I, I talked about this in my, in the article that I wrote for the review. So yeah, we encourage you to check that out and, and reference that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I talk about kind of the, the magic of the Sundance film festival. And as I mentioned before, like kind of the, there's that special feeling when you get on the wait list and then you get into the screening, you know, like there's no feeling like that. It's like getting on a ride at a theme park, you know, it's just, it's so exciting. It's amazing to be sitting in a room with people who love film, um, love movies just as much as I do, you know, and to watch a movie that only a handful of people have watched, you know, and then you get to go and brag to your friends that like, Hey, I've seen this movie and you guys haven't. And then when that movie months later comes to theaters, you can, you can say like, I've already seen that. I saw it at Sundance film festival. And then as an extra treat, you get to watch an incredible movie too, you know? So like, it's really an amazing experience to, um, to experience that in person because I feel like going to the Sundance film festival is so much more than just watching the movie. It's kind of the whole experience around it. And the idea of the Sundance film festival, people coming from all over the world and sometimes afterwards they do Q and A's as well. And, you know, you don't get that experience. If you go to Megaplex or Cinemark, you know, you don't get to watch a, a live Q and A with, with the writer director, you know? And so it's, it's truly, truly special. And I think I've enjoyed going in person more than this last year, just uh, remote or, or virtual, because although it was still incredibly enjoyable to watch these movies, it wasn't as special kind of the whole experience of of going to Park City and going to these these theaters that are amazing. It, it wasn't there. I was just sitting in my living room, you know? And on one hand, I still got to enjoy these movies. I still got to watch them. Um, but the whole Sundance feeling around it wasn't there. But like I said, there, there are pros and cons to it because it was a lot cheaper as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's something that I've never ha- gotten to experience. I definitely tried to go up around. I've actually gone to Park City during when they are screening films, just right. around. And you, you'll see people here and there, but I've never been able to experience the actual uh, cinematography of it and seeing films and just the whole atmosphere of it. So if you guys are right. interested... Definitely in the future, let's look at uh, possibly going to Sundance, especially now we're in this Orm, UVU, Provo area. We're really close, and that's some, uh, that's yeah. an opportunity that we have that's really close to us. So, um, Ian, last question. If you had to pick a favorite out of the three or the one that you would watch or recommend the most, what would you pick? I, I would definitely say Mass. Uh, that was the movie that I feel like was the most well done. It had the most interesting story and it was also the most impactful for sure. It, it had a very, very powerful story that left me thinking about it days and days afterwards. 
And, you know, those are the best movies. Those are the best experiences when you, when days after you, you're still thinking about it, you're laying, laying in bed awake, thinking about the movie you just watched, you know, and, and I experienced that with mass. And I, like I said, I, I can't wait for, uh, for it to come to theaters or to streaming so that everyone else can watch it. And I can talk about it with more people. Cause yeah, I, I know it'll, it'll for sure. I haven't read anything about it getting picked up by, um, by any streaming services or any studios, but yeah, I, I'm sure it will. Cause it, it got a lot of raving. Yeah. It definitely seemed to get a lot of traffic online. And so yeah. you know, we were talking about it earlier, especially when you sent me all the movies that you did see, and I did some research. That was one of the movies that stuck out to me the most was Mass. And when we kind of talked about it in the beginning of our show, that I got amped up to see. I really would like to experience what you experienced yeah. and, you know, just kind of indulge in that whole movie. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. So much fun talking to you, especially about these movies. I'm a movie junkie as well. But awesome. you seem to be definitely way more intricate than I am. So it's definitely oh, no. cool to pick your brain a little bit. But uh, are really for everyone. That's what's great about them. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the UVU Today show. For more what's happening on campus, you can follow UVU Today on Instagram at UVU Today. As always, please subscribe like and follow UVU today wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day, Wolverines. See ya.